Hello and welcome to episode 15 of The Perfect Cast. I'm Jack. And I'm Lisa. This week we talk about misbehaviour and the invisible man. We also talk about live action Lion King plus 100 humans. I also have a game for you. Movie slogans. Yo. Oh, we started. Sorry. We started, yeah. Hello. 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 Finally getting around to recording on a Sunday. I know. We've we got a bit out of yeah. order, didn't we? And then yeah. we've been rushing them, so now we can take our time. <laughs> yeah, so apologies for the rushed editing over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Hopefully this one's better, but there'll probably still be mistakes. <laughs> That's okay. Um, have you been? Fine, thanks, Jack. How are you? Yeah, been good. Been watching <laughs> a ton. So we said in the last episode that we'll do a lot of cinema trips. And we did. We didn't do... We said we were going to go three times, but there literally isn't enough to watch and time didn't align oh, yeah. for us to go see three films. But yesterday we did go and see two films in the we cinema. Did. And then we've got Onward coming up. Yeah, we're going to go and try and see that on Tuesday. Yes, so that'll be reviewed and talked about next week in episode 16. Yeah. Cool. So what do we watch this weekend? Well, first we saw Misbehaviour, which is the new right. Kira Knightley film. Yes. And then we saw we had our dinner, and then we came back after about two hours and watched The Invisible Man, yeah. starring Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, cool. Right, so before we get on to cinema, shall we have some news? Yeah. There's not, there's not loads of news this week, but basically, due to the coronavirus, there has been more delays on movie releases, including A Quiet Place 2, Mulan, Peter Rabbit 2, Fast and the Furious 9, and New Mutants. All of those have been put on hold. Wow. Movie productions yeah, have been put on hold. Speaking of movies getting put on hold, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson are over in Australia filming a new Elvis film. Right. Felt like a couple of flu-like symptoms got themselves tested. Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson have both been confirmed to have coronavirus, so they are self-isolated and getting the help that they need Yeah. over while they're in Australia. A talk with Tom Hanks' son, and he just said they're both fine. Yeah. They actually feel okay, despite being ill. Peter Jackson has announced that there will be a new Beatles documentary, which will be released later this year. Oh, cool. Yeah. One, I like Peter Jackson. Yeah. And two, I like the Beatles. And finally, the new trailer for Pixar's Soul has been released, which is due to hit cinemas in the UK for June 19th, hopefully. Nice. Yeah, and we've just watched that <laughs> We've just new watched trailer. the trailer. It looks really good. It looks interesting concept. Yeah. I like the... Um, when they're in the soul world, yeah, they're like really abstract line shapes of what looks like the people who just keep yeah, like different styles of animation all within the same animation. I think it's really cool. Yeah, which is I'm cool. looking forward to seeing that. It's got Jamie Fox and Tina Fey in it. it looks looks yeah. fun. Probably gonna make me cry though. Yeah, probably. It's definitely got that inside out feel Pixar to it. Pixar feel. Yeah. Yeah. Damn straight. That is literally it. Just quickly in follow up. So this week we asked people. Uh, whether they like to binge watch a show, yep. receive a show all at once, or uh, watch it one week at a time. 60-odd, 67, I think, uh, or two-thirds of people said they like to binge watch a show yep. all at the same time. I still prefer to watch it one week at a time. Again, like I said last week, it depends on what sort of show I'm watching. If it's a comedy, I don't mind waiting, but if it's serious, I'd rather just get it yeah. all done. Well, friend of the show, Ad... Um, also said if a show comes out one week at a time he likes to save them up yeah so you can so then can binge then them then binge watch so yeah. 
There you go. Everyone's got their own ways of doing things. It's yeah. like a cream egg. What? Because everyone eats them in different ways. How else can you eat a cream egg? Well, how do you eat your cream eggs? Bite the top off and then lick out all the inside. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I do. But some people like... I remember the advert, like, they like dip chips in into it and stuff. And, it's just disgusting. Yeah, how do you eat yours? I mean, you can't dip chips into TV shows, but, you know, <laughs> there's different ways to watch them. Okay. Uh, so that, yeah, that's, that's just pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, and thank you everyone who voted. took part and voted on Instagram. Uh, there might be some more questions going out this week, and we'll follow up with those. Next yeah. Week. So keep an eye on our social media. That's where we post a bit of news that might not get brought up here, and it's also where we do polls and just talk about things that we've seen throughout the week. Yeah. You can see what we're up to in our movie watchings. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. On with the uh, on with the discussions and reviews. Yes. <laughs> I hope the microphone picked that up. What is that noise? <laughs> um, right, so the first film we watched in the cinema is Misbehaviour with Keira Knightley as the main character. Mm-hmm. The synopsis, a team of women hatches a plan to disrupt the 1970 Miss World beauty competition in London. It's based on a true story. Yep, so it missed, it missed that off off here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, based on a true story and towards, well, at the end... You know, in like, I don't know, like old 90s films and 80s films, mm. they'd be like, this is what Jimmy's doing. Like, yeah, yeah. Jimmy went to college to do this. Like the end of Undercover Boss. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it tells you where they are now, what yeah, they yeah. now. I thought, I know we're starting at the end, but I thought the way they did this, it would be like the actors are just in the scene normal. And then they look up or turn and look directly at the camera, like breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. And then it cuts to the person they played also yeah, the looking real at the life camera, person. the real life person. And it's, oh, it's done in a really compelling way. Yeah. Um, I really, really like this film. I thought it was brilliant. And it, it's one film that I think I'm going to be telling people to go and see. Yes. I've already recommended it to a few friends. Yeah. It deals with feminism, sexism and racism, I think, all in a very smart way. It's not like a um, preachy yeah. kind of way. And um, I, I just think completely. that it's done really intelligently. Oh, definitely. One, one thing I think I said to you yesterday was that... Th- this film is so much smarter Ooh. than well like but definitely smarter than i am um <laughs> but it, it managed to convey all of those messages for like equal rights yeah. without it ramming it down your throat yeah and definitely in a way that i can agree i don't know if it's because i already have those feelings towards i have that I think... agreement so it was a lot easier for me to be pers- not persuaded but like Certain things that bother me about mm. what a man feels okay, okay saying to a woman, yeah. but would not dream to say it to a, a, another yeah, man. Uh, yeah, that really winds me up, and I think that's really hard to get across to men sometimes. That's yeah, and this film. Does I think it, it does really it in a well. way where you're just like, I'm offended, like, like instantly, I'm offended and annoyed. Yeah, and you sort of see it from. For why it's an, I don't know. You see it from the right it. perspective, yeah. don't you? It's the, they do it in such a smart way that you just like, oh my god, that's that is a horrible. I think what makes it is it's it's show don't tell. You're not being told why you shouldn't say these things and what the the effect of it. You're being shown it. Yeah. Like the one scene where to most people it might have been seen as like a pass away comment, but because it's yeah. shown in a particular way, basically. Uh, Keira Knightley is going on the BBC News for the whole women's, women's rights, rights movement. movement to talk about them as their like spokesperson. And this bloke comes on, uh, who's also taking part in the interview, greets his friend, who's a, a bloke, and then sees the two ladies and goes, oh, ladies, you look lovely. And 
he doesn't comment on the way the man looks. He just comments on the way the women look. And it's such a simple He greets comment. the man, though, in, like, a professional way. Yeah, he stands up, yeah. shakes his hand. Yeah. It's nice to see you. And then just doesn't say anything to the women, doesn't reach over to shake their hand professionally, no. just comments on the way they look. And that that's all they get is, you're an object. And he's not trying to be... Yeah, like... Misogynist, misogynist or sexist. Yeah. It's just that's... But it's... And they don't even comment on it or react upon it. No. But it, it, it annoyed me because I was just like... Yeah. He doesn't even know he's doing it. Exactly. So, so that's, that's one of the points I made. Like, as much as, yeah, it is a male-dominated world and yeah. it's a man's world and stuff like that, what this film doesn't do is put the blame on anyone. It doesn't no. in any way say, oh, well, it's the it's the men's fault who do this. It's, it's blah, blah, blah. No, it's society's it's way just, of how yeah. we've been brought up. It's just saying the way things are going right now aren't the way things should be. And I think the way they deal with it is because they're trying to boycott Miss World, which is like they compare it to a, what do they call A cattle market. Yeah. Where you measure the cow... You look at its rump and then you decide which one's the best looking. And then that one wins a prize. Yeah. Like, well, I compared it to Crufts in my head and then they brought up the cattle market. But they're literally measuring the women. At one point, they were patting the, the boobs to make sure they weren't padded. padded the boobs, which reminded yeah. me of, you know, when they grabbed the dogs in between the, thing, like, <laughs> yeah. in between the legs. Yeah, yeah. So they're pushing more towards the competition and how women are looked at as objects. And how, why they don't understand why people don't see how that's a negative thing. Yeah. Because they go at it in that way. I think it's smarter than being like, why aren't we getting this? Why does men do that? Do you know what I mean? Which is what I think a lot of people expect feminists to do. And that's why feminists get a bad reputation, even though we just want equality. Yep. And that that film definitely, like, I, I went in... I didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. I just you said, "Oh, it's you know, Karen Knightley film, uh, something to do along the lines of women's rights." You didn't know the the plot. Completely. I didn't really. I just had a, a general idea. It looked good. Yeah, and I thought, like, okay, I'm, I'm happy to watch it, but I'm not yeah. like excited yeah. to watch it. Now I've seen it, thought it was really good, yeah. and like I said, I've been, it is emotional. I've been recommending it to people, and you know, it's it's definitely. This sort of film is what we need, yeah. where people are shown and not told the problem, and also just changing people's perspective, yeah, um, without it being like rammed down your throats. And yeah. like I said, no one's being blamed. It's just this is here's where we're going wrong, and here's what we have to do right. Yeah, yeah. The as well the all the actors in it I thought were fantastic, and when you see the real life person, the real life person also. Or like you see it from um, several different perspectives as well. Yeah, so like definitely. the girls who are taking part in the Miss World competition, you see it from their point of yeah, view. Yeah, because at first it's just like they're just displaying women as objects, you know, rah, 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 like this is crap. But then there's two black women who are, this is all based in the 1970s, so it's the first time black women are represented in Miss World. So they're there to show other little black girls that they can be princesses pretty much like yeah. they can Make be a miss world well. yeah like it's it's not just white women so there's that sense as well where it's like it might be that they're just parading around like objects but it's important to some people because yeah. it's showing that everyone can be equal as well so yeah. it's so cleverly from, done from a different culture's point of view yeah. this is seen as a big status thing yeah 
like so the woman from this woman from South Africa and in South Africa at that time black people couldn't be with white people they couldn't spend time on you know there's yeah share the same public transport yeah, exactly. and so on and so forth so to have a black woman from South Africa in the show was very important and very forward thinking even though they were just trying to make a point to the politics yeah they were just trying to calm yeah calm Um, down she was told if she discusses anything that goes on at home about her race um she wouldn't be welcome back into the country and she wouldn't see her family again so it's very interesting very smart compelling arguments from both sides yeah it's very good and it 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 is it is just really good yeah um yeah, cool. So I've given this film a four out of five. I've given it a four and a half out of five. Oh, very high. Nice. Hi, Felisa. Yeah, it is. Um, everything about it was great. Yeah. I thought... Greg yeah, Kinnear. Greg Kinnear uh, playing Bob Hope. Did you notice he did like the, the pushed out chin? Yeah. He definitely had like a prosthetic nose on. Yeah, on yeah. Probably other prosthetics. Like, he was he a wasn't creep, I hope. recognisable as Bob Hope. But, yeah. Sorry, he wasn't recognisable as, as Greg, Greg Kinnear. Kinnear. It took me ages when I first saw the trailer. I was like, is that Greg Kinnear? Because he looks weird because they've yeah. been brown contacts. Right. And they've given a, a prosthetic nose. And I was just yeah. like, he looks weird. And like, if you but look at a picture of Bob Hope, he's he got that sort like of like him. pushed out chin. Yeah. Like, like An underbite. An underbite, oh, yeah. An underbite? I can't remember. Overs when it comes over the top, I think. Like. I know what you mean. Yeah, like a shark. So an underbite then? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um... I thought he was great. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was great because I literally wanted to egg him. I the, hated him. The, what's her name? Um, Jessie Buckley. She played the g- ginger, uh, ginger girl. Ginger girl. At first, I was like, oh, she's going to be annoying. I know. And then, she was like very smarmy at first, but then you you do. You yeah. Really... You start to feel for yeah. her. And like... It's really good. Highly it recommend it. Hopefully... We didn't scare you off it. <laughs> well, I hope not. I hope that this is a strong enough recommendation for people yeah. to go and watch it, or wait at least for it to come on to Netflix or Now TV and pick it up when it's on one of the streaming services. Which no, go no see it in the be. cinema so it gets a good good reviews well, and stuff. My my worry is that it's going to be one of those films that's only on in the cinema for a week, mm. and it's quite difficult to watch because of that. Yeah, like, like experience. we went on a Saturday afternoon, and there was me, Jack, and two other people in the cinema. So. Yes. Those these sort of films don't tend to get a high watch rate, so it's unfortunate. Yeah. But... So go and watch it. Yeah. In the flicks, right? So the other film we dun, went dun, to dun. see shortly after Misbehaviour was The Invisible Man. Yep, starring Elizabeth Moss. Starring Elizabeth Moss from Mad Men. Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. Lots of other things. Lots of other things. She is a fantastic. She's very good at being distressed. Actress, yeah. God bless her. She's she got that. She must need, like, happy times. She, do you know what, though? She's, she's good at being, like, a distressed badass as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. She does the, the like, ah, the, the world's against me and I'm too scared to go outside type thing. But yeah. then when it flips it on its head, she she's like... She needs to be strong. Ugh. She can be strong, yeah. Yeah, so she's, she's a fantastic actress. I really yeah. like her. So the, the synopsis for The Invisible Man. When Cecilia who's Elizabeth Moss, uh, when Cecilia's abusive ex takes his own life and leaves her his fortune, she suspects his death was a hoax. As a series of coincidences turn lethal, Cecilia works to prove that she is being hunted by someone nobody can see. Mm-hmm. Right, so with the premise, and after watching the trailer, I just thought this is going to be dead stupid. So did I. Like, I did not want to go see it. It was someone at work that was like, you should go and see it. It's actually really good. And then we checked Rotten Tomatoes and it was like 87%. Right. And then the group on offer we had said, oh, you can't go and watch Invisible Man until after 
X amount of time. Yeah. And the only other film on that list was Onward. Onward. So it has to be out for a week or so, so before you can get like a cheap an, ticket. An expected high rated film. We went in and I was just like, oh no, this is a Blumhouse. That means it's scary. So then I started <laughs> crapping myself because I was like, I don't do scary films. I don't, I don't like being scared. I don't like yeah. jumping. So I literally grabbed the sleeve of your coat and I was hiding behind that for a lot well, of Well, at film. first you were like clutching onto my wrist and, and like squeezing dead like It's like losing the blood flow to my like wrist. I don't like scary films, like, especially in the dark. I, I'm not a big fan of uh, scary films and I don't tend to go to the cinema especially to watch them. Yeah, but I think because I was like, oh, it's just about a person who's invisible. Um, just like harassing Elizabeth Moss and yeah. like aiming to kill her or I just whatever. I don't like the um suspense of yeah. waiting to jump like a note because I, I when i jump i scream like i can't help it like just audible i'm just very audible yeah. it just comes out so I, I was scared of screaming basically from a cinema experience though apart from people rustling the popcorn and stuff yeah this was one where it's similar to a comedy when other people are laughing you're laughing as yeah. well. And with this, it's like... There's audible gasps There's sometimes. audible gasps or people were laughing from nerves when it's like really <laughs> yeah. building up that suspense scene and someone, someone behind is like... <laughs> and like, then you you sort of like... It doesn't ruin the experience. If anything, yeah. it improves it because you're like, oh God, this is tense. I'm glad there's other people here to share this experience yeah. with me. And like, because I don't go to the cinema to watch scary films, like... And, I left to just like go the loo about halfway through. I waited for a good time to go, or what I thought was a good time to go. Yeah. And um, it's so bizarre, like when you when you're in the cinema bit, because you're like, oh, well, this is like obviously the normal world, and you know, no one's out trying to kill someone. Yeah. In the Odeon. You've just left the bubble for a second. You've just left the bubble for a second, then you go back in, and you're like, oh god, back to that tense, <laughs> like scariness. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I really enjoyed that, and I think I can't remember what the trailer was, but there was a trailer for another like thriller where the. Um, oh, that looks really good. So, Woman in the window. Right. So this woman in the window looks really good, and I was like, "Oh, maybe we should watch that if we enjoy this one." Yeah, Julianne um, Moore and Amy Adams. Yeah, and the girl, the lady from Parenthood, the mum, mm. not Parenthood, atypical. Atypical. And sorry. Oh, what's his name? Sirius Black. What's his name? Oh, Gary Oldham. Get, get, yeah. Yeah. Him as well. I, like after this, I definitely got want to go and watch. Yeah, I want to go see that. Although I'm scared. Um, I think. I read a different synopsis and it was like after an experiment it said something like after an experiment the ex-boyfriend becomes invisible or something like that and I was like this sounds ridiculous yeah and uh, I can't remember where I read it now but I was waiting for this moment where it was like and now the man is invisible and yeah. blah 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 but the way they set up it was a, I f- it was a good film it's just not my kind of film so like I had a good time watching it and I was tense like the first half because I didn't know what to expect. I literally, like I said before, hid behind your sleeve and I was just like, I don't know what's going to happen. I, yeah. feel, I felt sick at some point because I was just like, I just want this to be over. <laughs> <laughs> like I would not be a, an Elizabeth Moss in that sort of situation. Right, I, would, yeah. I, I would be just fall bloody apart. peeing myself in a corner. But after like we'd had a few like mo- like moments with the Invisible Man, yeah. I sort of got the hang of 
what he was like. So I was like, I'm okay now. Like, yeah. Um, but there's a few shocking moments where everyone oh, was like, oh, yeah. Oh, so it was I don't good. want to say no, I don't any say of anything. what they are in case, you know, people want to go and watch it. Yeah. But I definitely recommend it from like a. Yeah, especially point of if view. you're in them, if you're into that sort of film. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people enjoy it, but. I personally, I don't think I'd pick this to watch again because it's not my kind putting of yourself, genre. Putting yourself through yeah, that stress. Yeah, I don't like feel like my whole body was like aching afterwards because of how te- like how tight I'd like held onto me muscles, yeah. like just <laughs> clenched everything. Just no, no, thank you. Fair enough, right? So and, yeah, okay. I like the ending as well. Like I hate it when films end crap, oh, but I so quite like the ending. One thing, and avoiding any spoilers here, there's there's twists and turns yeah. throughout the film. I'd say the main twist mm-hmm. for me wasn't explained enough. I wanted a bit more detail on as to how it happened. Oh, now I need to know what you're on about. Yeah, so, hang on. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, so I just thought that bit wasn't explained very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've just explained, I've just, we just paused and I've just explained the bit I meant. Yeah. Off microphone to Lisa. Um, you thought it was okay? Yeah, I got I got it. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, what What do you give it? What do you um, give it? Oh, hang on, I've changed my page. I give it three stars. Three stars. Yeah, I like, also I gave enjoyed it, three it as well. But again, it's not my kind of film, so yeah, it, pretty much the exact exact same thing. Yeah. Um, I don't have much to compare it to because I haven't seen that many. No, like the thrillers. only other thriller that kind of thriller because I like thrillers, like true crime thrillers yeah. and stuff, but not like I know it's not supernatural sci-fi thriller. Mm. I'm not that's not my normal kind of film. The only other film I've got to compare this to is The Quiet Place. Right. And I thought that was a brilliant film. Yeah, equally. Uh, I might watch it later. A Quiet Place was a, another one that just keeps you sat on the edge of your seat. And yeah, John Krasinski. You just... <laughs> yeah, John Krasinski. Um, yeah, I gave it a three out of five as yeah. well. Um, I guess, like, Panic Room is springing to mind, but then they're okay, nothing, nothing alike. Okay. So, I don't know. It's just I genuinely haven't seen that many scary thriller films. Yeah. Uh, cool, right. Uh, the last film we watched, so we've got these two in the cinema. The last film we watched, we just watched this afternoon actually, because it's nice Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's just this chill week's, on the couch. Um, now TV slash Sky movies. Yeah, the Sky Sky Cinema. We've all seen it before, at least the original. The OG the live um, action Lion King. Is, yeah, the live action Lion King. Um, CGI was good. Do you know it was? But then there was some times where I was like, "This isn't going to hold up." Exactly. Like, well, that's what I feel like with every CGI film. Well, when what? you look back at the, the Jungle Book now, it looks crap. When it started and there was just some like birds stood in the water and then yeah. they get up and fly away and the, the water ripples perfectly and their flight is just... I was like sitting there going, wow, the animators have really sat there and studied the movement of these animals yeah. and have caught them really well. And that followed throughout the whole film. That, don't get me wrong, was really, really good. But then there was just certain CGI moments. I wonder if it's because you've got this, like... I think because you've got this really high-rendered CGI, but lots of motion. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of animals running around and a lot of bits well, and pieces like that. I thought it was really good. It was only Baby Simba that, like, bothered me. Like, right, okay. He didn't... He didn't. I think they made his head bigger to make him look cuter. I don't know. Yeah, it, it didn't look real. 
Um, the Mufasa looked real, like the adult yeah, lions looked yeah. real, but um, baby baby Simba. cubs did not look real. Why was it made when it was about ninety percent of the old script? Like it's exactly the same as, well. yeah. as the old script, scene for scene. Like there's very little that's different from the cartoon. Yeah, even um, John, what's his name, John, John Oliver. Oliver, sounds exactly like Rowan Atkinson. So what's the point? It's yeah. Another weird, the beast another weird thing as well with that is they brought back some of the old voice actors, well, actors slash voice actors. Well, just one. Just one. Well, they had James Earl Jones as Mufasa. Yeah. So at some point they've said, well, we can't have anyone else but Mufasa, uh, James Earl Jones playing Mufasa. But then they're not going, well, we can't have anyone else but whoever played. Yeah. Like, that said, I thought Seth Rogen was a good choice for Pumper. You know what? And I Billy Eichner hate, was a good choice for Timon. I hate Seth Rogen. I hate him. Yep. Didn't hate him in this. Who who do you hate more, Scarlett Johansson? Seth Rogen. Oh, really? I hate Seth Rogen. I is hate is him. it only because of his laugh? He just he makes my skin crawl. I hate him. If he didn't have that voice, <laughs> no, and that laugh, he's like Beavis and Butthead. I hate him. Oh, see, I I really like Seth Rogen. He's the same person in everything. He is Seth Rogen. <laughs> he is just a pothead in everything. I, yeah, well, he does my nothing. I like Seth Rogen, but I, I like him. I liked in... at first. I didn't like Billy Eichner. Right as Timon. Yeah. Because um, he was putting on a weird voice, it didn't sound like it's Billy Eichner. It's almost like he was trying he... to sound like uh, the fella from the oh, Birdcage. Can't remember his name now. Yeah, I mean, another um, one who I mean, the original, the original voice of Simone. Simone. Yeah. But then he slipped into Billy Eichner like halfway through, and yeah. I was like, "That's better." But why did it take this long to get here? Yeah. Didn't like Donald Glover. Really? Yeah, that he sounded like a wet lettuce. It's not a lion's voice. Uh, I don't know. He's meant to be like young Simba, but geez. I think what confused, what I didn't like, Michael and this is J. Fox did silly, much better. Is he sounded too much like Donald Glover? Wait, it wasn't Michael J. Fox, was it? I don't know. Original Simba. Yeah, I know. See, the one I was getting muddled up with Ferris Bueller. What's his name? Oh, Matthew Broderick. Yeah, I think Matthew Broderick did the original voice. Oh, uh, rings a bell. Um, it's either Matthew Broderick or Ma- Michael J. Fox. I get them muddled up yeah. all the time because they're just small well, little American men. This was a typical, so the last couple of years, probably been ongoing for longer than that, but Since where they, they want to sell... Where they want to sell the film. Yeah. It's a remake. It's pretty much scene for scene. It really but is. But how do we get people to go? We just plough as many big just names into it as Beyonce. possible. Yeah. Well, Beyonce, uh, Donald Glover, the, was, it was Keegan-Michael Keegan Michael yeah. Key's in it. John Oliver, he's yeah. like pretty big. Big in the States. Big in the States. You know, just throw a bunch. It's the same, they did the they same do with Doctor Doolittle. Yeah. Like, if they know, oh, okay, we've done a remake. I think when they do that, they've not got faith in their own film. Exactly. Whenever exactly. you see, like, like Valentine's Day or New Year's Eve or any film like that, where it's 15 of the best actors, it's because they don't trust their script and they're using names to get people in through the door. I think, yeah, it can, it can depend film to film. Yeah. But I Usually, whenever I see like a massive cast like that, I'm like, I'm well, good. So far with the remake, it's not great. No. But Love Actually, that was a great film. Oops, sorry. And that had a lot of like big names in it. Yeah. Alan Rickman. Yeah, but Emma Thompson. I'm talking about like nowadays. That's right. That's an old film. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. But I think from Aladdin onwards, Disney have relied on getting a big name in their films and that really bugs me because there's talented voice actors out there who could have done a better job than any of these guys. Right, yeah. Because if you, if you look at films before Aladdin, because they got Robin Williams in, you, there's not many big name like big named people. Right, I'm just going to have to take your word for it on that one. Okay, so before Aladdin is Beauty and the Beast, can you name any massive actor that's in that? The lady who voices Mrs. Potts? 
Okay, and Dollarland's free, yeah, I guess. But then before that was Little Mermaid. There's no one in that. Before that, well, before that, there was nothing really. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but basically, that, Robin that Williams was like a massive name, and uh, then they realised there were big names get people through the door, and then yeah, either big names or big um, composers. So like Elton John did the original Lion King. Well, yeah. So that yeah. Phil Collins did Tarzan. So they got it's the Sting musician side, isn't it? Originally did Emperor's New Groove until they completely scrapped it and got rid of all of his music. Oh, really? Very hated. <laughs> yeah. That. So, yeah, like throwing big names onto things doesn't make it better. You should just have faith in your own script and do what's best for the production. Yeah, but whatever's best for the film, especially because when you've got like the might of Disney behind yeah, it. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Like the production value is going to be it. it's a, insane the, anyway. It's, it's one of massive. the biggest. Film companies in the world. Like, let it let it be good naturally without Ex- the yeah. need of like oh well let's boost it by having ten well known celebrities in it. Let's yeah. only have a couple of well known celebrities and you know the supporting I characters. I think can for be me, other, if like, a voice actor can do better than a well known celebrity, then you pick the voice actor. Like Jim Cummings, he can do loads of things. Yeah, but you don't see people like Jim Cummings anymore because like, people don't. People would rather go for the big name than the talent. What about big name voice actors? So Jim like Cummings would be there. Well, that's what I mean, but if you put... Hank, Hank Jim, Azaria. Well, yeah. But if I put, like, starring Jim Cummings, people would be like, who? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. I know Jim Cummings because I'm a Disney fan and I yeah. know he's the voice of and Winnie the Pooh. People know Hank Azaria from, like, The Simpsons. The Simpsons. Yeah. And he does, like, loads of different voices as well. He's in the Birdcage. Birdcage, yeah. Uh, you know, he actually he auditioned to play a different role in that. Oh, really? Yeah, and I think they ended up writing his character in because of they. They I think, like him. Yeah, I they just, liked him. That film is such a good feel-good film. I think it's on Netflix still. If you've not seen The Birdcage, it's Robin Williams, and the guy who voices Timon. I can't remember yeah, his name. Yeah, he's in Modern it's Family briefly. So good! It's such a good film. It just sprung to mind then. Whilst we brought up so many people from The Birdcage, Birdcage. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Right, so The Lion King, the live-action version, available on Now TV or Sky Cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've written three out of five, but I'm going to change it to two and a Mine's half a out two, of five. Yeah, two and a half out of five. Definitely o- original, prefer the original. Original Lion King is a four and a half out of five for me. Yeah, def- yeah same. It's, you know, See, it's a staple from growing up. I it's... knew it. Like, I cry at everything. Right. Everything. Everything. She does. It's true. Lisa cries a lot. When Mufasa dies, and if that's a spoiler, guys, go. Where are you doing? Living under a rock. When Mufasa dies, I cried for like a second, like one tear rolled down my face, and then I was over it because I did not feel emotion towards either of the characters. I didn't feel emotion right. towards Mufasa or Simba. I was just like, okay, yep, it's that's a bit that. sad. Yeah. And when Mufasa comes back and whispers in the clouds, that usually gets me, and I'm just like, <laughs> I've got to pause it and have a break. <laughs> Yeah. And also, I, I remember the first, like, everything the light touches was really like... Whoa. Deep, yeah. With this one, it was like, everything the light touches. Yeah. But in James L. Jones' voice. Mm-hmm. So it's it, like, it wasn't deep Well, I've written James L. Jones. here is, um, why is it made when about 90% of the same script, it, it's 90% of the same script, but with worse actors stick to the original Disney. Yeah. Like, I'm excited for Mulan because they're getting... It more culturally correct and it's a different take. That's when I don't mm. mind a remake when it's a different take on a film. But Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, I can't think of any others, Jungle Book, they're all just the same film. Cinderella. I don't care. I like Cinderella. Mm. Is that because it was more people? Than I th- Cinderella wasn't a animals. musical. Right. So it was slightly different, whereas... 
Beauty and the Beast, all the same music, all the same characters, yeah. all the same. I, I uh-huh. mean, they had like a weird little side bit which tried to explain the plot holes, but it didn't work. Right. I'm and then you. Jungle Book was exactly the same. Had the music, wish it didn't. Um, and then this is exactly the same, same music with a weird Beyonce song thrown in. Yeah, it it it, it didn't work as well no. as as hopes for, and it had the the power and might of John Favreau behind it, which is you know. Well, I think that's why it looked so good. Yeah, it's saying that it did look yeah. really good, and I guess there's a few bits that we left out loud on. The only people who had different lines were Zazu and Timon and Pumbaa. Everything else was yeah. word for word. I did like original language. At, at the end of Hakuna Matata, uh, Pumbaa says, um, "Well, you've just gained four hundred pounds since we started the song." Well, that's because Simba goes, um, "Can we can we sing it again?" And he he says, "Well, no, you've just you've gained four hundred pounds since we started it, so he doesn't want to do it again because <laughs> it took that long to I sing it the I don't remember that time. from the first one. No, there's, there's that, a, that's what I mean. That's an there's additional. There's a few, yeah, individual lines in there. But then which there's is lines really that good. I absolutely love, yeah. from the original, and then not in this. And I'm like, guys, come on, pick. The bit. Just leave everything. I don't want to see live action Pinocchio. I don't want to see live action Little Mermaid. Can we just leave it to the original? Just re-release them like normal people. The, the showdown between Scar and Simba as well. I I said to Lisa as we were watching it, um, the the climb in the top of this mountain. There's fire all around them, and yeah. I said, um, "It's over, Anakin. I have the high ground." And then. A, a second later, uh, Simba goes, it's over, Scar. It doesn't say I've got the high ground. <laughs> it but might as well have. It might as well have. And I guess because it's a remake of the original and they are like surrounded by fire or lava from Star Wars, maybe that's where Star Wars got a similar maybe. thing from. But it was definitely noticeable in this one. And it's. I think it doesn't help that they're all obviously owned by the Walt Disney Company. Hmm. So it's like how many other similarities between Marvel... Well, Disney Star Wars wasn't and Star Wars are there? Wasn't owned by the Disney company when the, that one was made. Nope, it's true. But now they've got oh, similar similar got things. Them. Yeah. You know, watch this space. Ten years from now, they'll remake the Lion King and they'll all have lightsabers. <laughs> okay. I think Bob Chapek can think of something like that. I think he could. I think he's got the ability to mess things up. Anyway, yeah. That's it for movies? Yep, that is it for movies. Cool. So next week uh, we'll have seen, or hopefully seen, Onward. Yeah, our uh, group on deal letters because it wouldn't let me book it the other day. Yep, and if we're not all being confined to staying indoors. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll probably watch a, another bunch of films which we'll let you know on the social media throughout the week. Yeah. All right, so on to television. So this week we clicked on a random thing on Netflix called 100 Humans. Yeah, we were just like going to look for something new to watch. Yeah, and we just, you know, the way they do that um, automatic, like quick clip of a show. And we were like, yeah, let's put this on. Yeah. And so 100 Humans, have you got a synopsis of it? Uh, I don't, but I can fire one out on the spot. Yeah, you go for Uh, it. So basically um, Netflix TV series where... It's a scientific experiment. They have three science scientist hosts and a hundred subjects who are all humans. They all come from each state as well, and they're all of different ages. So like twenty to sixty, well, twenty to sixty plus, basically. Yes. To try and make sure that they've got a fair amount of diversity in their group. Yeah, they're all from different cultural backgrounds, different economic backgrounds. Yeah. They've got a very good range of people. People and basically episode on episode. 
they cover something new. So one of them was, uh, are we biased towards other people? That one was really interesting. The one we've just watched was like, um, what what's better, praise or um, negative feedback? Yeah, praise or punishment, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and then... That one was really interesting because I feel like some workplaces find it better to just keep saying, this isn't good, you need to do better, this needs to be better, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And you never get a you never get praise. Yeah, and it so just makes you feel down. So it was good to see whether positive affirmation is uh, the way forward helpful. or not. Yeah, so that it, it it debunks quite a few like myths or things that people just say anyway. Yeah. So um, should we should we do a little bit of a spoiler of women take longer to get ready? Yeah. Okay. So that was a, a good experiment. Yeah. And a completely different way uh you'd think about you'd think about it yeah and i know from some of the people i work with people can get distracted i work with majority men yeah and they get distracted very easily i mean i think when you say women take longer to get to get ready mm-hmm. we do because society so, encourages us to do our hair makeup yeah. shave our legs etc so we plan for that the difference guys is, sit and wait for us to be done and then quickly throw on whatever and then we're sat around waiting for you well not necessarily like i do that <laughs> a lot of people well a lot of men that i know will get ready and then sit and wait mm. anyway the the difference is here usually when you say oh women take longer to get ready the, the stereotype is a man and woman are leaving a house to go on a date and the woman will start three hours before, we'll start three hours before the guy will start half an hour before yeah. What they did for this experiment was had two coaches outside with the promise of they're going on a field trip. They're going to do something fun. So they had to go and they're all sat in the hall and they all have to just go outside and get on the bus. They've all got 10 minutes to do it. Yeah, the bus leaves at exactly like midday. Yep. But before they get on the bus, there is a menu to pick your food from. You can grab some snacks and you can grab drinks and then you've got to get on the bus. But you've got to be on the bus before midday because the buses are leaving regardless. And you can't go to the toilet on the bus. Yeah. And it was interesting how, to be honest, it was interesting how many people, basically out of 100, I think only like 30 people. 24 women Yeah, and like, 16 men. Okay, so 40 people, not even half, actually on got the on the bus. So that bothered me because yeah. I'm very much, right, I'll go to the loo, I'll grab a bite to eat and then I'm off. Well, I think me and you both know that I am the person who's like, we are going to be half an hour early because I'd rather be there and yeah. be ready than be running and rushing. Like, if you do it, it's done. You get there and you've got nothing to worry about then. So yes. I like to, it might take me three hours to get ready, but I know I'm if I've got to be on the bus by 12 o'clock, I'm, yeah. I'm on that bus by... 20 to 12. I also, I don't like being late. Yeah. So I try and be as punctual as I can be. But if I say to be somewhere at a certain time, you're usually a few minutes late. Um. So the, your example the other day was picking you up from the train station, which we'd meet each other along the way but anyway. But I asked you to be at the train station at four minutes past 12. Yep. And I like, said, please meet me at the station, because this is at midnight, by the way, not midday. So I was like, please meet me at the station. I don't want to walk home on my own. I was like, you need to be there at this time. This is 20 minutes before. It's a 10 minute journey. And then I text you again to say, my train's leaving and my train is a 10 minute journey. So yeah. like, that's a that was a hint, leave the house. And did you, well, you I got, text me I got saying, that. I'll be there in 
I'll leave in five minutes. And I was like, oh, well, we're meeting halfway down the street. Next time I come home, you can come and meet me. Yeah, I'll be I'll there. I'll see if you're on I time. will be there. Mm-hmm. How often mm-hmm. am I late? Anyway. I'm never late. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's that's just one of the, one of the experiments. <laughs> well, that, that experiment sorts this argument out, basically. Um, so. Well, they, they do cover a are men better than women are women better than men yeah just in not just it doesn't really solve like in everything but no. just with these sort of general tests like multitasking so like, was yeah, one of them where they had to do like a whack-a-mole while stirring, stirring cake batter some cake batter and, and then stopping a baby nursing a baby it was a doll yeah a, a doll yeah um so that that was generally interesting mm-hmm. um the the first episode i think was about like sexual attraction and are we attracted to significant others? But for like, for what reasons are we attracted to significant others mm, and stuff like I that? Can't um, th- there's just a, a, each episode has about four different experiments. Yeah, but each, really each experiment is within the same category. Yeah, and they're all interesting. They're all quite funny. Oh yeah, because like the sexual attraction one, they put bags, paper bags on men's heads. Yeah, and then they brought in all the people who are attracted to men. So. Um, everyone out of the hundred who are attracted to men got to sit and watch each man dance. Yeah. And what they did before they got them all to dance, the men who volunteered to dance, um, was give sperm yes. to see if better dancers have higher sperm rates. Yeah, and it, it didn't ring true. No, it's not true. So another uh, experiment I found quite interesting. It was a social bias one. Oh, that yeah. Um, where they basically had three men, three women, and then in front of them. Uh, individually, they'd have to ask a couple of questions and then based on those questions and what they know is place um, them in couples. So three men, three women, and place them in couples. And pretty, in fact, all of them... Bar one. Bar one. Put, put them, them in male, female, male, female, male, female, when actually it there was... Two um, gay couples two, yeah. and one heterosexual couple. Right. And that was very interesting. Yeah, like... A lot of them were like, like there was even gay people putting them in male female, and they were like, I didn't even think of putting yeah. them in yeah. gay couples. It was it was, inter- it was very interesting the way society has like conditioned us to think. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's very good. So I really enjoyed it. Not all experiments use all a hundred humans. Sometimes they take a smaller. Um, yeah, so amount. like they did like a like the one we were talking about before, where it was like praise or um, punishment. Punishment. So they were like, how will torture in quotations uh, affect your memory? Yeah. So like they put them in a situation which wasn't unpleasant, like keep them up all night with crying baby noises or pouring water over them, and then try and get them to remember words that they told them yesterday. Uh, the people who were tortured couldn't remember as much as the people who weren't tortured. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. It's it's very good. I'm actually really enjoying it. It's a bit cheesy at times. Like they do like cut scenes where the yeah they do in between scenes with the three hosts are like chatting and it's just very false and very acted. It's awkward and I just wish they didn't exist in it. But then, other than that, on the flip side of that, they'll also at the end of each experiment, at, at the beginning and end of each experiment, they'll sit down with an expert from that field. Yeah, and they'll like discuss it. This is so usually when you read a scientific fact and it's like out of a hundred people this shows this and you're like okay I'm gonna yeah, what does that mean? read because that like, what, forget where did it. you and, get these hundred people right? the old college students yeah exactly there could be anyone where this it leads back to that show don't tell it's 
you you're more immersed in it and yeah. you, you, you start recognizing you're people seeing as, the results so it's better yeah yeah it's, yeah it's the, one really good. super interesting one was they were given a gun that fires blanks mm. and it was like a practice range don't and spoil this one though i think different, this one's good um, just complete diverse range of actors would jump out either holding a camera or holding a gun and then you had to oh, aim to shoot the, the, the person holding the gun. You got a point for the person holding the gun and minus a point for someone holding a camera or a phone. That one, that one was really good. Yeah, that one made me cry. Yeah, the ball being I good, but that everything. one was particularly good. Uh, so yeah, even science, even science makes Lisa cry. <laughs> Everything makes me cry. Um, I've given this a three and a half out of five. Same, yeah. It's an easy watch. Yeah. I'd it's like... interesting. I enjoy it, but I can't watch too much of it at once. If science was delivered to me like this often, then I'd be... Smarter. Smarter. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I'd just like... Enjoy I'd absorb it. it. I'd yeah, enjoy yeah. it more. But it's usually too factual based. Yeah, too it's just boring, isn't it? Textbook. Um, yeah. But that's just me. Uh, but TV that we're watching at the moment, I've started watching Lock and Key, and I've also started the anime series Seven Deadly Sins, which I've been enjoying. Uh, have you got any TV that you're watching at the moment? Nope. Nope. Just continuing with RuPaul. Oh no, maybe not. It's not very good. It's not very good. Not no. enjoying the series. Nope. Okay. Well, we can pick that all up next week. So, yeah, Lisa, you've got your your game. I have got a game. Right. I'll. Uh, Cue the music. So this week we are playing Movie Slogan! Okay, this is a throwback. Okay, I've got five, but I was scared that one of them just repeated one that you did last time. Oh, okay. So I've got six just in case. Question one. Yep. A true story of a real fake. Oh, I know this one. Is it Catch Me If You Can? It is Catch Me If You Can. Okay, question two. Off the bat. We scare because we care. Oh, that's Monsters. Yeah, that's Monsters. Yeah, yeah. That is a great film. (laughs) Fantastic soundtrack. Question three. Okay. You don't get to You don't get to five hundred million friends without make okay, yeah. That's the one I thought we'd done before. I don't think so, but where I used to work, we had a poster of that in the toilet. Okay. I'm just going to finish the quote anyway because you you didn't... didn't I dived in, sorry. Uh, You don't get to five million friends without making a few enemies. That's the social network, yeah. Mm -hmm. Question four. Yep. The longer you wait, the harder it gets. Oh. The longer you wait, the harder it gets. Oh, God. That's what she said. That's a good clue. Really? Has it got Steve Carell in it? 40 year old baby. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's an innuendo and it's Steve Carell, so right. yeah, it works. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> nice. Number five. Uh-huh. On the air, unaware. Anchorman. Nope. No. I feel like they're aware. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> oh. Oh. Of course it's not Anchorman. On the air. Oh. Jim Carrey. Yeah. I'm not saying nothing. Truman Show. Yeah. Yes. Do you want me fifth, me sixth one just in case? For yeah, Because yeah. we got through them fast. Uh-huh. Her life was in their hand. Now her toe is in the mail. <laughs> what? 
Her life was in their hands. Now a toe, now a toe is, is in, in the, the mail. mail. I know this, but I can't think of what it is. Let me know when you want a clue. Her toe is in the mail. Mm-hmm. Her life is in their hands. I don't know why, but I'm thinking shallow hell. <laughs> no, that's a film I about people know. looking skinny. I'm sure there's something to do with toes and that. No, the, the guy who I think is from Seinfeld has a... A long bone Jason that sticks Alexander. out of his back yeah. and, and he can wag it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a terrible film. Uh, it's not. Jack Black. It's very funny. Um, it was funny for its time, but when you go back and watch it, it's is offensive. It Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. It's really offensive. It's a horrible oh, film. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. John, are you ready for a clue? Uh, yeah, I am. John Goodman. Is in it. Toe is in the mail. John Goodman. Oh, yeah. It's... The Big Lebowski. It is the Big yeah, Lebowski. Yeah, there we go. Yay, we did it. Nice. Fastest game ever played. That was a quick one, but to be fair, the episode is running... At the same pace it normally does. It is, yeah. It's always between 14 and 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. That was fun. That was a good game. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine if that's how we ended it. Yeah, next time we'll end it that way. Glad we just did, so we could. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, see, like, any cool things this week? Oh. oh, crap, I didn't think of the cool thing, did I? No, I haven't got any cool things oh, this week either. Um, let me think of a cool thing. Okay. Me. I am a cool thing. A few moments later. And we're back. We both don't have cool things. Nope, not cool enough to have cool things. Not every week anyway. No. You guys expect too much. We might have something next week. Yeah, Mr Sheen's my cool thing. That's because you're just looking at Mr Sheen. I'm looking at things around the room. <laughs> He polished our tables. <laughs> he did. Yeah, they've changed him, haven't they? Mr. Sheen shines clean, so clean. He's not always looked like that, has he? He has, but uh, they've made him, they've updated him a bit. He's not like Mr. What's that one upstairs? Mr. Muscle. Mr. He used Muscle, to be like a yeah. skinny little man, and now they've made him muscly, and yeah, I'm like, he's not he's ironic now, anymore. Yeah, that's it. Like calling a big guy tiny. Mm. Mm. Right. <laughs> that was our cool thing. <laughs> <laughs> Join us next week when we talk about. Febreze. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good week, everyone. You too. Thank you for listening. If you could leave us a review, it helps more people find the show. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PerfectCastPod. Or you can send us an email at theperfectcastpod at gmail.com. All links in the show notes, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. I love you. Bye. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.